a night out, it's a different mode I'ma have to make a pain of six on a pinky toe Heard you with a shooting guard, just let it know I would have you course out Alright, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing and spinning the one and twos Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. And we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. 877-37-GRIND is your number. All right, as we roll on, just tuning in. Uh, did make an announcement, uh, program announcement at the top of the show. Do it again. Uh, we will be off tomorrow. We'll be traveling out to Vegas. We'll be down there for a few days uh, covering the Super Bowl, doing the show from down there. Uh, so make sure, uh, because, again, we've got different affiliates to carry us, some technical. You might have to. The only way you might be able to consume us over the next few days will be sportsgrindonline.com. All right, to follow us with all the action while we're down there. So make sure you know that. But tomorrow, uh, no best of. So when you tune in and you hear something else, uh, but on Wednesday, same time, same bat channels, just make sure you go to sportsgrindonline.com to consume the show. 877-37-GRIND. All right, so keeping it moving uh, with the uh, NFL theme. Um, Speaking of that, uh, what else we've we got going on here? Um, NFL-wise, so the Pro Bowl, uh, I talked about that in the top of the show. NFC wins pretty much all these competition games. And the flag football, I, you know, just a little bit I've watched it. But keep in mind, I do think these guys, because this was added to the Olympics. So I do think a lot of these pros are very serious about this flag football situation because they want to kind of represent, you know, America in this flag football in the Olympics, uh, you know, Peyton Manning was the coach, the AFC, Eli's the NFC. And on the cool, man, Eli beats Peyton quite a bit on these little deals, these little coach things or whatever. They're very competitive, but, you know, and he's tied with them in Super Bowls. Uh, but really, to me, um, like I said to begin the show, the NFL has tried. And you're never going to please everybody because, I, I mean, I've seen, you know, criticism kind of over this and what is this and what is this whole, you know, dodgeball and, you know, what is this quarterback, you know, thing. Which I think Baker Mayfield won the quarterback challenge, if I'm not mistaken, or had the most points. I think. Yeah, on Friday he won the accuracy test. Yeah, um, Jay. I saw Jalen kind of struggled. Um, it, look, it, the NFL is just up. It's just a different sport, and it's a, and the timing of where their All Star game has to be. And I've said this before. It's like whatever they decided to do was going to be better than what the actual Pro Bowl game resulted to. Um, the last three or four years that they were doing it, even when they decided to go ahead and have Dion and Michael Irvin pick one team and Dion, they try that because you get guys. And I've said this, you know, unlike Major League Baseball, unlike NBA forever, their all star game has come after the season. Okay, the regular season, not a break in the season during the break, like baseball or basketball, even hockey. It's come afterwards. And pro- and part of that problem, because that looked horrible, because you got guys that are pretty much just going, like it literally looks like a walkthrough with pads on, how they used to do it. The challenges of that is, is that you got to understand, some of these guys that make the Pro Bowl, when it used to be full pads, they haven't played and they haven't hit anybody and damn near over some of these guys in a month and a half, almost two months. Okay? So when they scratch that, 
and then they went to like the skills competition and now they've added dodgeball and that, you're still not going to please everybody. It's just that they have a tough spot. Now, I've always been an opponent to where you never want them to stop announcing Pro Bowls because that's bonuses and guys' contract. It does give you some, you know, recognition of your play at your position and where that, yay, there's a lot of guys in the NFL, but not everybody's created equal. There's some better than others at that particular position. So I've never really wanted them to just stop naming Pro Bowls and first teams, but I did want them to get to a certain point where something that was going to be more entertaining uh, than what we were witnessing when they were trying to play this game forever in Hallelujah and, you know, Hawaii. And then when they were just walking through and going through the motions with pads on. Um, but with that said, you know, and maybe it had a little bit to do with me being on the weather. But even if I wasn't, that was not something that I was really going to rush to the TV to want to watch. So I'm very interested. By the time we get to the end of this week or in the middle of the week when the ratings come out, I do want to see what that was. Because I, I would be amazed. Like, I know the draft Obviously, he's going to pull. I mean, the draft pulls if the NBA finals or the World Series or NHL Stanley Cup finals could pull a fraction of the numbers of what the NFL does in April on their draft, especially the first round coverage, they would be ecstatic. So to me, I'm eager to see this whole machine that is the National Football League. You know, what is it going to look like? What did the fans say about it? Did it really garner any type of attention to where people really stopped what they were doing on a Sunday and had to tune into this? Because I do believe that the NFL, everything they do is kind of I mean, it generates revenue and it generates ratings. But to me, I just don't know if this particular setup, it, it's the least they're trying is going to be something that's sustainable. But at the same time, in the same breath. I don't want them just to do away and stop naming Pro Bowl, who made the Pro Bowl, who's first team. And all. I don't want them to, you know, defer from that. But definitely um, with it all said and done, the NFC takes the crown. What do you got? So is the middle something kind of like the what all Madden designation to where there's not a game being played? There's not a whatever, but you still get the title. Well, I think when you talk about the all Madden, like that was golden. Like that, that a lot of guys will tell you making all Madden means a lot more important to them than ever when they made Pro Bowl. When Madden when used to give you the sweater, he'd give you the hat. Uh, that was just gold. People like that more than Pro Bowls. Um, so you're asking me, do you think it could be a situation where they just give the award out but don't play anything? Well, because that's kind of what you're alluding to as yeah. well. So that's why I'm asking is. You you don't need the game, the dog and pony show, if you will. You don't need all the extra to, right. see, the, to see the players go down and spend a week in Orlando. Although, you would argue, on the other side, that the Pro Bowl is more for the fans than anything. The, the opportunity to be close to the players. Well, well, I think all all-star games and all the major sports are really about the fans. But I just feel that the NFL has always been the worst one. As of late, now you got to think in the '90s, early '90s, um, '80s, early '90s, even in the early 2000s, the Pro Bowl still meant something to where they might get out there, but come fourth quarter, hey, the winner gets winning team gets fifty thousand. Guys would put it up, but we're like, as time gone has gone on. And guys have made more money, like their passion to go play a Pro Bowl game with pads is just not going to be there. And then the other part of it is you can't schedule it during the season. 
This isn't like basketball because it's a physical sport. You're not going to run a risk of having an all-star football game in the middle of a 18 or a 17 game, 18 game week schedule. And then somebody gets, you know, somebody basically gets hurt in a damn Pro Bowl game. People are going to raise hell. Um, so to answer your question, yes. If So if what they're doing right now, which I think this is what, like their second year trying this or they're, this is, they've, they've been two years invested in this. Um, of the games, of, of, of like the games plus the flag football. Now, I think the flag football is about, yeah. I think we're about th- three this, or four th- years th- maybe on the flag football scene. Oh, well, the games. Yeah, yeah. The, and I think the flag football, due to the fact they're adopted in the Olympics, and I have heard, like Tyree Kill. A lot of these guys are kind of excited. Say, yeah, man, I'll represent my country. You'll play flag football. I think that gives it a chance to have that kind of keep going, you know, depending on what the results, how many pro athletes or football players are really going to go play flag football for the country. I'm just saying that if this bombs in ratings, which I can't imagine that this drew pretty good in ratings. I can't remember. I can't imagine because I don't even know. I don't even think you could have gambled on this. I don't know if you could or not. You can gamble on anything these days and times. But I, I don't I don't see this really like if this comes out bad ratings. NFL is the type they're not going to keep doing this if it ain't drawn if the fans ain't paying attention to it but they've tried everything I don't know where they go from there that's basically what I'm trying to say where if this doesn't work and the fans didn't buy into this and this comes out to be rated I mean those are two faces the Mannings are football royalty their names and if you know Peyton and Eli you know I hear AC all the time say man why don't they just go home and be with their kids and how could their wives put up with like you're retired take a break I'm like look man it's in their blood like the football like you could tell like Peyton uh, like their bank account looks stupid like you Eli other than having a death row chain you don't see Peyton and Eli no Bugattis chains ice stuff their bank accounts are stupid so therefore they love the game so much that they want to be around it that they'll volunteer for this stuff they'll do a Manning cast they'll do this stuff now the Manning cast Omaha production they're getting paid for that and they getting somebody they, they didn't branched out to where a lot of people then copied what they've done but I'm just saying that if you've tried everything from getting Dion to Michael Irvin to pick teams, now you got the Mannings that are coaching. If it doesn't sell in ratings and the fans are just not tuned into this, they, I don't see the NFL to keep doing this. The NFL's not like that. I'd, I'd, I'd disagree. Because uh, you go back to last year, uh, we were doing the NBA Finals, and the NBA wasn't really promoting the fact of the of the viewership because their NBA Finals viewership isn't traditionally great anyway. But it was about the social impressions. It was about uh, the, the and what they were able to deliver for their advertising partners on a digital platform. And so that's where you have them breaking down all the behind the scenes. Eli Manning making his daughter Lucy assistant coach for the day, and then going through, you know, the, throwing the pass. That's why you see all of that. It, it, it's hmm. a lot. It's it's not even so much the game anymore because you don't just need a TV event to deliver for your advertisers. And no, I think that's where the NFL will keep this going because it's an opportunity for them to get everybody in one place. And be able to have the the, the stars of the stars. Uh, you had players doing um, ask me anything. You know features on Reddit during the Pro Bowl. So there's a guy off. You know players off on the side on a computer, and for an hour they're just you know they're answering questions on Reddit. Yeah, and but- it's that opportunity to get everybody there with their sponsors and all that jazz. I think probably the biggest difference between. Uh, and, and and that's an emphasis for the All Star Game for baseball and, and basketball too. I think <clears> the biggest difference. And maybe the point where it loses the fan element is MLB and NBA, they travel. 
So they go around. So it's a different hosting city every year. Right. So it, so fans in Indiana have an opportunity to see the All Star Game without having to travel to Hawaii, Las Vegas, or Orlando. But right. But I'm thinking where you where this is what I'm saying. I'm saying that when you talk about the NBA and baseball. And you say, well, look, they saw the value because even though their ratings, what they kind of keep doing. I'm talking about you're talking about the NFL draft that is used to drawing 30 million people for a draft. I don't do people understand what that means. That's for a draft. OK, if you're accustomed of drawing those type of viewerships for a draft and a week five uh, Dallas versus whoever, 30 million people. A playoff game, Green Bay versus, or, you know, Kansas City versus Baltimore, 40 million, 30 million. When you put any product on the networks, because, yes, you can talk about social media, you can talk about the fan interaction, but the majority of the dollars come down to what are the viewers getting on the tube, on the on TV, Okay, now if you want to count in streaming, social media, but that's fine. But I'm talking about the MLB and NBA, they can take a they the ratings to them, they can sit there and say, Well, damn, dude. I mean, for a finals game, you draw in maybe eight million, seven million people, depending on the matchup. So if you get an all-star game, like the one thing about the all-star game of the NBA, what gets the criticism now? The slam dunk contest. Everybody's all this is watered down. This is we've seen every dunk. It's a struggle, but they keep it going. They haven't put a bullet in that. And we've been having discussions on this show for a long time since I've been doing it. I'm talking about the NFL. When you go from 30 million, 20 million for a draft, a first round draft, and then you're talking about your Pro Bowl game, but it only draws 7 million, 8 million, 6 million. Like if this Pro Bowl event, in which it kind of lasted, what, for two days worth of competition? No. Uh, the precision passing was Thursday. Okay, so this... So it at least was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay, so let's say for those days you average only about, I don't know, 5 million people, 6 million people to tune in. That's a big dip for the NFL. That's a failure for the NFL. That's a failure for them. Because they're so because the bar is so high and everything NFL does from fantasy football gambling, those owners and the TV and the sponsorship deal, they're they're already accustomed to huge numbers. It's a you can't compare it to basketball and NBA because they don't draw close to the numbers NFL. So that's what I'm saying. And that's why I'm eager to see what the numbers are going to look like, because to me, the NFL, there's a reason why they keep trying this stuff. Because what they were doing is not drawing the interest and the fans were kind of gra gravitating away from it. That's why it went from, let's try Dion and Michael Irvin. Well, let's get the Mannings. Well, scratch the game because the game, that was bad TV. See, some of them Pro Bowl games where they were just lining, big linemen, just sitting there. They weren't even running. They were just moving and like, it, like it, literally it was a walkthrough in a hallway in a hotel. Like you're giving a walkthrough before Sunday's game at the team meeting Saturday night. They moved away from it. So it lets you know that it hasn't real big successful, that they haven't gone into the eyes that they want to. So what I'm telling you is if these numbers and you're saying this was at least four days, if you're only averaging, let's say, eight to nine million people watching this, seven, that's a failure. It's not a failure for NBA numbers. It's not a failure for MLB. It's not a damn sure not a failure for hockey for the NFL. That's a failure. That's a fa and I'm, I'm, I'm a sh everybody knows me. I'm a shield guy. 
But I just know it will. So to answer your question, to bring a full circle, what you asked me, yes, I do see it coming to a point that it's like, unless this flag football thing takes off and maybe the Olympics help it. Yes, I do believe we'll get to the point where Pro Bowl selection will be made. Maybe it will turn into an additional award show like we have these other awards up, which I want to get to next segment when we talk about some of the finalists that are really going to be named this week um, in some of these awards. But yes, I can see it going cold turkey and just like we're just going to announce the names, kind of like what you're saying with Madden. There was no Madden type of thing, but if you got all Madden, boy, that meant something. So yeah, I can see that going because I can't see them. The NFL Players Union and really they're not going to allow them just to scratch from naming Pro Bowls because you got to have agents, players, they've got to have and owners too. There has to be certain type of contracts that are going to be based off of incentives. Like, well, if you make a Pro Bowl, if you start this and that. So you can't take that all the way out. But the product of what you put on TV, social media, Twitter, what they put out there and say, this is our all-star event. Yeah, I can see them scratching. I can see them scratching the serve, like scratching at cold turkey. Because the NFL is like, you're not going to do anything that's going to tarnish you know, if it's not working and you got, well, if we got this many people turning in that, because that will tell you that the fans like, hey, man, we're just not really into it. And they and look what they've done. They've sandwiched this in, you know, basically the week before, you know, the Super Bowl, which has kind of been like that. Because some people that used to be when they played the game and you made the Super Bowl, you couldn't go play the Pro Bowl. You know what I'm saying? Or sometimes I think it was even a time maybe they waited because you can't really wait till after the Super Bowl is done to do that but it's it's been challenging man the NFL you can't have it all it's the gift and the curse man and then from when it comes to all stars there's just challenge compared to other sports you listen to the sports grind today's show is being presented by Dosecki's get a dose Calvin Casey Jonas Clark producing we'll be back Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to choosetiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. Club soda, 
All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Pillin Whiskey. Pillin Whiskey is an oak barrel aged whiskey dis- distilled in Canada using the finest ingredients before bonding glacier-fed spring waters added from Mount Hood, Oregon's highest peak. Pillin Whiskey delivers an uncommonly smooth taste and a rich, complex flavor. And keep in mind, Pillin Whiskey is the official spirit of the Pro Rodeo Cowboy Association and an official whiskey of the professional uh, bull riding tour which is the pbr velocity tour and it's an official whiskey of the sports grind and an official sponsor of the sports grind as well too eight seven seven three seven grind all right so keeping it moving here uh gerald glenn is checking in with us on facebook live he says sean taylor is rolling around rolling over in his grave watching flag football pro bowl games i hear you gerald but i mean what do you want to do? These guys aren't going to hit, man. Can you imagine? I mean, look, you know what NFL bodies, for the most part, feel by week 14, 13 of the season. Hell, even by week 12 or 11, you think about it. So imagine that to the playoff team, the non-playoff teams that haven't made the playoffs. You're talking about a month out minimum of not hitting. So you get those guys to show up a month later. Do they really feel like hitting? And what their bodies are just now starting to decompress. So, look, yes, you would like to see a Pro Bowl type of football game, but I think those days are over. And they tried to hang on to that as long as they could. But these guys make more money and things change. The times have changed. And it's just that that boat is sailed. I don't think we're ever going back to that. Cause it does, and, and the catch-22, like – you can't have this pro, but you can't play this in the middle of the season. You just can't do it. Then you ain't going to have nobody play because ain't nobody going to run those risks, especially if you're on a team that's got playoff or Super Bowl aspirations. What do you got? Well, and there's only 17 weeks, so a team's fortunes can change. I mean, look at what happened with the Broncos through the halfway point. You know, you could have been sitting there one and six, and all the Broncos are like, yeah, we'll go ahead and play the Pro Bowl if we're going to be doing it, doing it at week eight. And then how would that have impacted the the finishing stretch down the season? Um, well. But uh, I think that when you look at when we look at the the Pro Bowl games, not the game itself, but the games. I'm a fan of the games, the extra stuff, the precision passing. I think the dodgeball is fun. I liked seeing. Um, I don't know if you caught the offensive linemen and the defensive line. Well, let's just put linemen in general. The linemen pulling the weights off the two thousand pound sled, and then having to pull it uh, the. I didn't you know, see twenty yards or whatever. See that, but I saw Kelsey at the center challenge where they got a hike and they're trying to get it between that circle, which is so hard to do. It's amazing. Show you why they're pros. But when they're hiking, like you got the quarterbacks that try to hit it through circle, but you got Kelsey that's down in a hiking position and hitting out. I saw that. I didn't see the one you're talking well, about. Yeah, you got that. But, you yeah. got kick tac toe, which I love watching that when you watch Aubrey and Justin Tucker go back and forth, you know, tic tac toe from thirty yards out or whatever. Those things I think are fun. Because it allows you to see the skill outside of the competition. Um, and, and just truly what world-class athletes, those that make the hmm. Pro Bowl, are. 
Yeah, I mean, I, look, I'm not trying to tell you I don't like it. I'm just telling you that I'm not. It's not appointment schedule looking for me, especially when you're talking about you're in the meat of at this time. You're about to be into the home stretch of the college basketball season. So you got college basketball on Saturday and Sunday. That's taking center stage. You got NBA that's taking center stage. And it's technically falling on the first weekend without real football. Because there's no playoff games because you're in the week down prior to the Super Bowl. So, um, look, I get it. I, it. We'll wait to see. We'll revisit the conversation when, when the ratings come out. But I just know because they have try, they've been trying and trying. And the reason why they're trying is because this is the one thing that they do that doesn't draw those gaudy numbers. Okay, that that's really where it comes down to that higher standard. It doesn't pretty much garner those, you know, gaudy numbers. Uh, real quick, a couple other fil- football notes before we move on uh, to the basketball world. Um, like I said, there's rumors out there floating around um, that the Vikings could be making a move up for the quarterback in this draft. Um, I'm starting to get a sense that. <sighs> You know, there's a lot of sandbagging going on, and I've been telling y'all for weeks that I usually don't pay attention to rumors and really legit reports until after the Super Bowl is over and after we've had the combine and then the opening of free agency. Because everything else is either misdirection or misleaked information on purpose to, you know, you know, distract or take away from a team's objective of who they really going to or no, we don't want to trade them. So I take everything with a grain of salt uh, with that. Uh, but this quarterback situation, man, I do feel that I will be surprised if there's not a move made from somebody to move in that top three or four position. But the problem is, you know, New England, uh, Atlanta. I mean, there's a quite a few teams up there that need quarterbacks, and it just brings me back to the team that is drafting 12 overall in Colorado. That is in a situation where it's. I, I wish I could be a fly on the wall in John's phone conversations and in some meetings with George and their scouting department on really what they're doing. And the decision that has to be made with Russell, um, who they're looking at. I mean, I'm hearing all of a sudden, which kind of makes sense to me, the kid from Tulane, the quarterback for Tulane, supposedly, you know, the, he, the, he admitted he had a couple interviews with Denver over the a senior bowl this weekend. I mean, now this is a guy that's going to go in the second or third round at best. So this is a guy that's not probably going to be a first rounder, depending on if he just sets his private workouts. But he's not with all those quarterbacks that are really going to go in the first round. So that kind of lets me know, like maybe Sean does see some of him, but also that gives you a value to where you can trade back. And remember, Denver and I almost forgot, they don't have a second round pick this year. That's the last of the, the peanut brittle from the trade for Sean. They got a first round this year and it just goes back to where. You know, hell, I even read a report there's a possibility that you could be looking at a Justin Simmons to Detroit because of the cap space, you know, kind of relief. So these teams, and now that I'm hearing Minnesota's in the fold, which I feel to me, everything I've heard Kevin O'Connell speak of Kirk Cousins, I I would say there's a fifth there's a sixty forty chance 
really that they're ready to move on from Kurt. Now, Kurt is coming off this injury, this Achilles situation. He is older, so who knows whether what that's going to do to his value. But obviously, Minnesota needs to think about a quarterback of the future. So it, it the plot thickens. The really plot thickens. And when you look at Chicago or what they're going to do, and now you add the twist of, you know, Cliff Kingsbury going as the offensive coordinator to Washington and what they could do possibly making a move possibly with, you know, Caleb Williams. Who knows? There's going to be a lot to process now between individual workouts, combines, but it should be an interesting uh, situation. In regards to Bill Belichick, over the weekend, I said in the top of the hour, he took out a full-page report, not a report, but a full-page thank you note in the Boston Globe thanking the fans, okay, about, hey, a good time in New England, appreciate it, you know, you drove, you sat behind us, the parade, yada, yada. So when I saw this, I started thinking, me, you know me, not that I like to go down the grassy knoll as much as Jonas does, the conspiracy theories, but I started thinking, like, the timing of this is weird because I'm thinking, like, why not take this page out like ready to roll the day after press conference. Like this came out after the fact that you were shut out of the interviewing process. At least we know that Atlanta, he interviewed. I'm still not hearing any other teams that he actually had an interview, but I'm pretty sure there was conversations. So I started to think, is this part of Bill like being humbled or now trying to morph in a different type of role of saying, hey, thank you for everything, knowing that now there's a good chance unless something screwy happens that you sitting out the 2024 season. I mean, because normally when you, whether it's players, whether it's coaches or whoever that do thank you ads or billboards or newspapers, normally you do that pretty quickly after the fact that you removed yourself or you're retiring or what have you. I mean, he this came out a few days only after we know that the commanders made their hire and the last job was filled. So just a little th food for thought there. I mean, and I'm not going to take away that everything he said in that thank you, the fans page was just a bunch of hogwash. I believe that he does believe in that. But I just thought the timing of that was kind of odd. What do you got? First off, does it get any more Bill Belichick than taking a newspaper ad out in 2024? Everybody else runs to the Player Tribune to pen something online, or you do an Instagram post. But Bill Belichick, good old hoodie, takes out a full-page newspaper, printed newspaper ad. Um, I hear you, but I'm not gonna. I see where you're going, but in Bill's defense, I've heard this isn't that ancient. I, I can't come off the top of my head, but I, I know I've heard of. Uh, some recent ones that were kind of newspaper. Look, we know that most people, majority of the newspaper industry across the country is dead. But when you talk about the New York Post, like there's some big ones that still survive. The New York Post, the Boston Globe. Um, what's the other one I would say that's still strong? The Washington Post. There's about three like real big publication news that's still going. I see what you're saying, though, Jonas, but I, I don't. And to Bill's defense, yes, it is kind of Bill Belichick like. But I want to say that I've seen this happen in the recent years. I can't remember who that's taken out of thinking the paper. But keep I tell this to everybody. Keep in mind, as much as many people we think that's on social media, there's still a good chunk of people in this society that's not even on social media, don't even know how to use social media, believe it or not. So, but I hear you. I mean, I just think to me, the timing of it is kind of weird 
Because I feel like this is something that, and not saying that he's not genuine what he's saying, but I think this, when they had that press conference that a lot of people think he looked reluctant to be up there with Robert Kraft, I think the day after that is when this article or this page should have been taken out. Because my thing is, I wonder if he would have gotten the Atlanta job or if he would have got the commander's job, would he have done this? Just thinking. And you know I'm a Bill guy. You know I usually defend Bill when I can on certain things, but to me, this was very odd in the timing of this. That's just that's all the reason why I brought up why it's on the document. Go ahead. Well, I, I think that if you were getting another job, then there's another way that you can kind of um, you know frame your future moving forward, and you just say, "Yeah, I look forward to this opportunity." With a you know, I'm just like Tom Brady did in terms of waiting until he signed with, with Tampa Bay, and then he penned his letter on Instagram to to uh, Patriots fans. Because it was, it was here's where I'm going on. You know, I'm happy to be a part of the Buccaneers. Hmm. I'll never forget, you know, everything that the Patriots meant to me and, and, and have done. Um, so you have that moving forward piece. But also, to do so in the immediacy. And, we, and, and don't forget, too, the conversations he likely had with Robert Kraft. And Robert Kraft probably told him, uh, we're going to name Gerard Mayo pretty quickly here. So we're, you're going to get your day. And then it was the next day. Or maybe maybe thirty six hours. It was not a full forty eight. Meaning before, when they named before, Mayo, before they named yeah. Gerard Mayo, and we yeah. were already boom moving forward. And well, so you don't want to. Bill Belichick isn't one to want to take all of the attention for himself anyway, and you don't want to overstay your welcome on on Patriots social media and everything like that by putting the the newspaper ad out the next day. Um, and you could also say that if you were to react so quickly with that letter that it doesn't feel heartfelt then it feels like it came from your PR team but you sit with the emotions for a while about and and, and that means that too that you gave your efforts in terms of coaching uh your interviews with Atlanta with Washington and if if you had that opportunity there we know that they have they've had talks so you're giving your full energy to that and then when you you know when you make this letter to the fans you know that they know that your heart was in it because you didn't have any other distractions. You sat there with a nice Maestro de Bell, got got your feelings out, and put it into a, a letter for the fans. I guess, man. I mean, you can see it that way. Nobody's in his head but him or the attentions. But I'll tell you this. Even he knew that. the Gerard Mayo being the next coach of the New England Patriots was the worst kept secret in NFL history. This has been known for like three or four years now. I mean, hell, even Cam Newton came out the other day and said, I knew I heard rumblings when I was there, even before I got there, that Gerard Mayo was going to be the guy taking over. So I hear you, but I, I mean, it's just, it's weird. But I just, to me, I'm going to take the side of that. I think Bill is in the stage where we're all human. He's been a little humbled. I really think so. And I, and I stay by what I said last week. I think more than control because the spin will be, oh, he just wanted too much control. No, I think the age is hurting him. I, I think the age hurt him a little bit. Now, I take you take a year off. Now, with that said, again, I'm going to say this again. He's the monster leaning over everybody's job next year. Buffalo, you, I'll name the coaches that are hot. Buffalo, Dallas, who else? Um, Giants. And Dable, um, I'm not even going to bring up the Jets because there's no way. They could pay him $30 million a year and he ain't coaching the Jets. Um, and I still have a hard pressing coach Buffalo, but I'm going to put him, I'm going to put them over him. There's maybe one or two more, but he's going to be the guy that's lingering over everybody's head next year. 
you know, a year off, and we'll see how that goes. But we'll we'll see how it plays out. A couple other, one other thing too, uh, NFL wise, a couple things. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is reportedly, and I don't even know if I'm taking him serious, and really I don't care because I think it's a joke. But he's talking about possibly wanting to come back to the NFL and floating in, you know, flirting with the idea of that black and yellow. Stop it, Le'Veon. Just stop it. I mean that you can't recoup that money that you set out that whole year because you thought you about to hit pay dirt. I used to be a big Le'Veon Bell fan, but he did Mike Tomlin kind of dirty. Um, in my opinion, I don't think he showed the appreciation of the team and the organization he was paying, playing for. Uh, when he was younger, make no mistake about it, he was a bad man. Uh, them early years with Pittsburgh but I think he's far from that and especially at the running back position you take that many years off and you're that age you're, you're not this is a young man's game man good luck what that spells like to me you miss some of them NFL checks man you can't find that nowhere else I get it but I believe his time's passed and it's kind of almost of a joke situation um 877 3-7 grind. Okay, switching gears a little bit. Let's go into the NBA. I told you at the top of the hour, Joel Embiid is going to have a had a procedure, or going to need a procedure on his knee, dealing with meniscus situation. There's no timetable in regards to this return. And I say I'm about 70% shut him down. Like Gordon Ramsay says, shut it down. He's a big dude. He's been having problems here and there. And, you know, I might have jinxed him because I said the whole thing Embiid was worried about this year was being healthy for his team going into the playoffs. Okay. Um, can they make can they make the playoffs without Embiid? Of course they still can. Um, do they have a shot coming out of the East without Embiid? No, they don't. I don't even know if they had a shot with the healthy Embiid if they didn't make a move at the trade deadline. Uh, just an unfortunate situation for Joel. Um, you know, they've got to go ahead and take care of that. But I would, even if they don't shut him down, and which I think Joel and his team would fight crazy against that. Uh, but make no mistake about it. I think they will definitely make sure he's 100% before they even bring him back. Uh, Lakers defeated the Knicks in MSG Saturday night. That was a good game, by the way. Uh, but the Lakers, uh, I figured that they were going to get that. I, I know that Knicks went 14-2 and in the month of January, uh, but you had that game primetime. LeBron and his numbers coming back to MSG, um, I thought that was a spot. And then you had these trade rumors circulating just because Stephen A. put out, hey, what's the chances of LeBron would just come to New York and this and that? And i always thinking like, well, yeah, even if that's the case, first of all, like I said Friday, we talked about this Friday or Thursday show, if this was LeBron in year 17, 18, okay, Year 21, and like Brian Winhurst, I heard him say this morning, like, LeBron is collecting $50 million next year. He's collecting that from somebody, and he's going to collect that from L.A. He's not going anywhere, not from L.A. That's just to the point of his career. That's where he is. This whole Bronny stuff, you know, whenever that plays out, that'll play out. But he's got $50 million that he is not walking away from next year, and most likely he's going to be in an L.A. Uh, uniform. When we get back, uh, we'll talk some other NBA. I want to circle back to this Spurs um, talk a little bit when we get back to the whole, you know, Vassell situation. Also, I definitely got to give my thoughts on the uh, Jay-Z speech that has some people up in an uproar and the Grammys overall. You listen to the Sports Drive. Too Today's much like show this. is being presented by Dosecchi's Get a Dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. We'll be back. It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos X Lager. Get a dose. 
Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, Shout. cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and Seafood Lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 